live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. No one, and I mean no one, is going to outwork this guy. The man has unstoppable energy. Steve Cofield. We like Steve. (laughs) But we don't love Steve. It's Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. It's Friday, Friday. Quieter. Five o'clock will be explosive. I've been getting real punchy. Adam Hill is the company. We're getting real punchy as shows go along. So I don't know how punchy I'll be at five o'clock. Whatever that means. It's a very old word. It's a very old word. Adam Hill is here. Jed. Ari's back in the Finley Toyota Studios. Here is Treasure Island. Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. This is our home every Friday through the football season. And the football season is just about here. We've got preseason games tonight week zero in college football is next week the Raiders play tomorrow so as we get into more and more football during the show that's when I get a little bit punchy a little punchy makes sense what's going on with you uh it's that time of year it's hot too it's getting it's hot out today probably wears you down a little bit too I wasn't outside much today okay I had planned on being outside but then plans change you know how those things happen when you go cover practices and stuff and, and then all of a sudden what you intended to do is now what turns out. Raiders are gone. So what'd you do today? No no uh, 6 a.m. rise, uh, you know, seven hours at the Raiders facility. What'd you do? Well, there was. It was podcast day because there's no practice. So I went to the office to tape a couple podcasts. I went to the office. Sure. Okay. I, I figured you might just, you just set up. They're like, yeah, you know what, Adam, just use the media room. You're here every day. Yeah. I know you're comfortable here. Th- these, these are the days you want to be there. It'd be yeah. nice and quiet in the media room. So... It's actually kind of funny you say that because I probably would use the media room at the Raiders facility a lot more, including, you know, 2, 3 in the morning, go in there. If, if you look at it as, hey, it's, it's the media room, 24 hours a day, you can use it. Uh, but the I was about to give it away who it was. There was a media person just before I was on the beat who would do that. No. And Raiders security would call... PR staff and say, hey, that that because, you know, you have a key fob to get into the building. Well, how, how do you get in through the front gates? Well, it, it was Oakland. Oh, because now it's like a fortress. When now, you come up to the front yeah, gate, there, you, have, you, have, you, you, might, you might not have to be on a list. Yeah, there's security but, there. But I know hours. when I go there, they, you know, they let you in only when you're on the list. So yeah, at the, at the old facility in Alameda, no you, can, you had key fobs and go in any time. And there was wow. a media person that would go in like two, three, four in the morning <laughs> to work. And then security would always have to call and say, hey, get this media person out of here. Did it get to a point like the, uh, was it the movie Elf where, I'm blanking on, is it was it Zoe Deschanel who was in that movie? Yes. And, and she was homeless, so she would just go to whatever it was, the Macy's, and take showers there. Like, was the media person just taking showers in the locker room and no. sort of living there? And then, well, I'm just using the, I'm not using the facilities. I'm not living here. No, they literally... I mean, everybody jokes about me working 24 hours a day. Wow. I work like 20 hours a day. This person would work 22 hours a day. That's awesome. And they would just be grinding at that time. Big nights. 
It's the three on Cofield and Company. A uh, big night tonight on ESPN Las Vegas. Uh, another UNLV basketball game, the last one of the Canadian Tour. Uh, later on the show, we're going to talk to David Mooka. We got a conversation with him just a little while ago. Uh, couldn't talk to him right before the game, so we grabbed him before the show. So uh, the big man for the Rebels will join us in the 5 o'clock hour. The Rebels are playing game three. Game two they won. Game one they lost. They won game two by 30 points. And we'll get into this a little later, but one of these surprises, and again, it's just an exhibition tour, so you don't freak out when they lose. You don't freak out when they win by 30. I wouldn't freak out on leading scorers and playing time and any of that as they're trying to settle in. I will say, though, that Jackie Johnson is a very nice surprise so far. He's the transfer from Duquesne. They brought in a bunch of transfers, and you had transfers from Oklahoma and Colorado and Ole Miss, you know, and a lot of Power 5 programs. And I remember when they got Jackie Johnson, I think a lot of people are like, oh, developmental guy, you know, he played his freshman year at Duquesne, point guard, oh, he'll be, you know, kind of a future guy. When I watch him in practice, I'm like, first of all, this guy's built like a brick you-know-what house. Looks like a little, like an NFL running back. He's like 5'11 and 205. And he was one of the guys who could actually break people down off the dribble. And so far, we don't know the competition. But last night he had checked that. Wednesday night he had 17. So, you know, interesting to watch the games. And if you haven't seen them, you can watch them. You can't watch it live tonight, but they have been posting pretty quickly on YouTube. There's already two games up there, so you can watch the game. Um, and I should throw in the non-con schedule came out today. It's not totally complete because I think they have to lock in one more of the NFR games and where it's going to be played. But they'll be playing games at the Thomas and Mackintown, at least one game at the Dollar Loan Center. They're not on the road much. They got that San Juan Capistrano trip uh, Thanksgiving week where they may play Minnesota if they can get by Southern Illinois in the first game. So interesting schedule and not the murderer's row that they've had the last couple of years. So I saw some people kind of griping about that. I think there's a debate, discussion to be had there. Did you even get to look at it? I know you're slammed today. Uh, yeah, I checked it out. Yeah. I know, uh, what, there's a Thanksgiving weekend game? Well, I know some people were complaining about that one because yeah. uh, it's kind of one of those games just to get some work done against Life Center and NAIA team, but yeah. it's also they didn't have starting times, right, on the schedule? No. It's also the same day as the Nevada UNLV game yeah. at the Owl. Yes. That was the first thing that jumped out to me. So, but it's staggered. And Where are you I'm that sure weekend? What's on the 27th? Uh, I believe, is, is that Thanksgiving week? Yeah. I can't remember. I think it's on the road. It's, well, it's Denver the week before. Yeah. Well, if, they're, if, they're, if the Rebels are playing at home on Saturday, clearly the Raiders aren't at home. It's a good point. <laughs> they kind of they wiped out that possibility. They set that, that tone pretty early on. Yeah, Thanksgiving weekend, Raiders are at Seahawks. Yes, at so you'll, be in, you'll be in Seattle for sure. That's a trip. I think you'll go on whether they want you to go on it or not. Probably. I feel like you're a Seattle guy. Well, I don't have as much reason to go to Seattle anymore. I have no idea what that means. There must be some inside something there. What's well, by my uncle that was there. Oh, that's right. Just passed away. Rest in peace. See, so, yeah, I wanted to start off No Conflict Friday. We already have some conflict. It's a conflict. Sadness. Sad, it's sadness. Life, but it's life, and, life and death is a conflict. Just his... Uh, his uh, service is coming up in like two weeks. I tried to get it to move to the weekend that the Raiders were there. They're going to move it back. It, it didn't go ten, over well. Ten weeks? It didn't go over well. With the I can see that. I can see that. You have a magic touch. Uh, you sent over a story today on No Conf- Conflict Friday 
about Mike Tomlin, and I saw this one too. What did Tomlin do when he walked by uh, some sort of violent incident? He drove. He was driving. He saw some kids fighting, and he got out to stop it. It turns out he didn't have to, because as soon as the kids that were fighting saw it was Mike Tomlin, they were like, uh, "Are you Mike Tomlin?" <laughs> they just stopped the fight, and then he brought them to camp. Like, Here, kids, this is something to strive to. Don't fight. I assume you would pull over, but stay in the car and film it. Of course, you wouldn't try to help stop it. I would even pull over because I wouldn't want to draw. I would drive around in a circle like five times and try to film it as I drove around. It's a good move. Yeah. There's, so there's no chance that you would see a fight, get out, try to stop it, and then go. You know what? Come down to the show. Come down and hang out with the show. No, and, then and, you and, would and you have a problem. Look. You would yell like, "Why are you bringing people?" <laughs> Well, we're on we're on the road. Anyone who shows up, that's a great thing. Yeah, they, now, if there were kids, we can't yeah. bring them into Treasure Island. It'd so be I a guess. whole thing. I I like having an audience. Well, you wouldn't like, and kids. especially one that's fired up on a Friday. You don't, you don't like kids. Well, I mean, I don't like kids. You know, like like twelve and under who are going to misbehave. If it's if these it's kids like are a, fighting, it's like they're a seventeen-year-old, I'm certainly you know I could be a mentor. I think they were younger. Could be a mentor of anger management. It's all calmed down. They were younger. Oh, they were younger. Okay. So Tomlin has a magic touch. That's cool. Or he just has enough status. You look at him and you say, okay, well, that guy is famous. We're not going to fight in front of him. I'm surprised one of the kids didn't try to step up their game, fight even better. Right. You want some, Coach? Look what I got, Coach. Here you go. Let's throw some hands. You need a linebacker? Look how how we tackle this guy. So he is going to be all right. He's ready to go for the game tomorrow. Tomlin? In Jacksonville. Yeah, I don't think he... I don't, I don't think he fought the kids. Okay. So, game two for most teams, now there's a decision to be made about who's going to play. Um, of, I'll call it an overreaction, but it might not be. Of all the rotting up over what people saw in week one of the preseason, I think the Steelers are getting the most attention. And, of course, it's offense, and it's a quarterback and a receiver, so people you know, especially get fired up. Do we all need to calm down on Pickett and Pickens? Kenny Pickett, the quarterback, and George Pickens, the wide receiver. Can we go half and half? So are you on the Pickens watch now and fantasy snitch George Pickens, who who was a Georgia receiver, we know physically supremely talented, but didn't get to play much of the Georgia season, and a lot of people thought some teams missed on him in the draft. Yeah, I mean, I was actually very upset that he had a good preseason. Uh, opener. I-, I was hoping that he would uh, not do much, stay off the radar, and that his uh, draft value would be even better. Um, but yeah, he, t- you know, also came out of a ridiculously good high school program. So uh, yeah, I-, I thought he was going to be a star. I thought he was going to be great in the league, um, and I thought he was going to be a guy that you could draft in fantasy way deep, like last round, and just kind of stash him and have him there. Turns out he's rising dramatically because of his great preseason game, and I think he's for real. I think he's a legitimate player. Now, rookies, receivers tend to struggle, especially at times, go through some up and downs, but I think he's going to be a really, really good player. And, by the way, if he doesn't really have a great quarterback throwing to him, it might be tough to put up numbers, but I think his talent is there and everything's there for him. Um, Pickett, slow down. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Although uh, Tomlin did say that Pickett is going to get a lot of the time he said he wanted him to get the varsity time now because they know what you know they have in Mason Rudolph and Mitch Trubisky. So if Pickett plays well, what I just said, the hype on Pickett is going to go even higher. Three games tonight, 
All of them will be on at the Golden Circle. 55-plus TVs down here inside the Treasure Island. Carolina, New England, after fighting during the week. We'll get into that in a little bit. That's a 4 o'clock start. New Orleans and Green Bay. We're going to do a Saints preview because that's one of the Raiders' opponents in the middle of the season. That's coming up at the end of the hour. New Orleans and Green Bay, and we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers getting on his rookie receivers. And the Texans and the Rams. So come on down here. You can watch preseason football tonight, all the baseball, Golden Circle, Sportsbook, and Bar on Friday. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Wings is done, baby. Look at that. Look at that. Oh, my nice little custom cutting board. And what did we put on them wings? Ooh, wait. Sweet barbecue, baby. All purpose. Sure to make your taste buds pop. Grill and McMillan. It's time for Grill and McMillan with ESPN Las Vegas NFL insider Mark McMillan. On Cofield and Company. Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Here on a Friday. Mark McMillan is up with Adam and Cofield. Mark, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. I like that little intro, man. I like that. Ah, Ari's doing it up for you. The vast production crew is doing it up for you. So before we get to all, yeah, before we get to the barbecue, well, I, you know, I did notice this week, um, I think you let others cook for you. Did you go get some uh, chicken and waffles somewhere? I did. I went to Lolo's, man. Went to Lolo's and got some chicken and waffles. Uh, you know, I, I don't think we had an opportunity to bring it in when I was in the studio with you guys. But, man, the chicken and waffles is off the chain. But my man Adam told me to go to the Hash House. He said the Hash House got some really good chicken and waffles, too. So I got to hit them up. Food talk at Raiders camp. I like it. <laughs> It's hot out there. Well, when we're walking, you're walking from the field back to the media room. It it's a long way. you got a lot of, lot of things to talk about. It's the dog days of August. you got to talk about something else other than football. Why not, right? Um, so, Mark, we, we, were just, uh, we were just talking football and overhype for young guys sometimes in the preseason and, and kind of recalibrating and, and realizing, like, you know, a lot of times Kenny Pickett, George Pickens on the Steelers are playing twos and threes, so let's, let's let these guys develop. Don't get too – Overly excited about the preseason and performances after week one. I think he's in stunned disbelief. Mark there. I think we lost him. That was quite the lead. He couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe it. He's he's like, I like Pickens. And hung up. Mark, did you, Mark, did you hear me there or uh, you drop out? Uh, I dropped out, man. No, I was just saying uh, folks should not get too hyped up about especially rookies in the preseason, you know, realize that the twos and the threes are playing. Because I know a lot of people are fired up about Kenny Pickett, the drafted quarterback for the Steelers, and also George Pickens, the wide receiver out of Georgia. And it's like, you know, it's the preseason. Chill out. Yeah, yeah, I, you can put a lot on it. Uh, obviously, fans, man, they go crazy. They see, you know, their top guy, you know, the Steelers have loved, you know, they're loving their pick. And, you know, they've seen him having a little bit of success in the preseason game. But you're playing against guys that's either backups are not even going to make the team. Uh, so, you know, it, it's real critical for these guys over these next, I would say not, not even the next two games, but the next preseason game, uh, the third one, is usually when you see the guys that's either going to make the team as backups or, you know, these guys are going to get a, uh, find, find a new job. So if I'm a guy, if I, I would rather get cut early uh, than late, so that gives me a little bit of time to go out and try to find another team to play for. Yeah, the Raiders got rid of uh, Demarcus Robinson. Now, this is kind of an interesting discussion on the Raiders – in game three because I don't know that the Raiders are going to use a lot of their stars. McDaniel talked this week and he kind of hinted very strongly at 
you know, practice, the joint practices, that he may look at those as more important than the preseason game. So what do you expect in the Raiders' third game here? Um, I expect the guys to go out and, and compete at a high level. I Hopefully we can see some improvement on the offensive line as well as the defensive line, specifically in the interior um, over the first two preseason games. Uh, they've been getting drilled, you know, they're, they're, they're right up the gut. So hopefully we can see some guys. Uh, they got some guys back off the injured list. Uh, you know, secondary guys, they got a lot of guys back in the secondary as well. So um, it, it'll be pretty interesting to see how these guys, uh, you know, transfer to this game. Uh, I said the other day, yesterday uh, was a really exciting practice to watch uh, from a defensive standpoint because they, they freaking dominated the offense yesterday. Uh, the offense scored a little later, uh, you know, in the red zone. But overall, man, defense had their way with those guys yesterday. And, I mean, the defense had their way mostly – because Max Crosby had his way with the offensive line, like do, yeah. you, do you get more? I guess when you're watching that and you've been you know through so many training camps and practices, do you get do you start to say like oh the defense is coming around or do you just say man our offensive line really is a concern? Well, as, from a defensive point, I'm, I'm looking at it like wow, wow, you know our guys are really coming around, they're getting in, in, in the form. But you're looking at it from an offensive standpoint, you're like at some point somebody's got to bite down on their damn mouthpiece and show a little bit of grit and drop their nuts. And, and attack this guy, you know, in practice. I don't really see anybody going after this guy. If I'm getting beat time in and time out, him and Chandler Jones are high-fiving each other in the backfield. At some point, an offensive lineman got to got to say, man, enough is enough. You know, this is embarrassing. So um, you can look at it at both ways. But, you know, from Max's standpoint, man, as we see every day in practice, he goes 100%. And if you're a defensive guy, offensive lineman, when are you going to match his energy or at least – Fight this guy, and, and, you know, show some balls. By the way, I want I want to point out because Steve laughed at that. Like it did sound funny and like a joke. There was multiple times where Max Crosby and Chandler Jones were just dancing on the practice field because they both got to the quarterback. Now they can't hit him, but they were just right. standing back there dancing, celebrating, talking trash. And you would think the offense would respond. They didn't. I I, I saw no pushback. Um, I saw Devonte Adams frustrated yesterday. Um, you know, they're, they're, the coverage was really good on the defensive side of the ball. Um, like, it's, like you said, man, it, it was it – was, if I'm an offensive guy, I don't care if I'm a running back, if I'm a tight end, as I'm going to chip Max Crosby. I'm going to chip Chandler Jones. I'm not going to sit here and let these guys just freaking dominate us like this. And, you know, going back to our days in Philly, man, you know, Reggie White may have a good day, but at some point, Keith Byers is going to get pissed off and chip Reggie White you know, in practice. And that was just start a whole fight. And I don't see that from the offensive side of the ball for the Raiders. It's more like, well, Max is going to be Max. He's 100%. But, man, screw that, man. You're trying to get a job. And, and you know, you're trying to make yourself better. Have you ever seen at a camp, have, have you ever seen a time, because it didn't happen with the Raiders, but where they will just pull a guy that's dominating off the field so actually so other guys can get work done? Like, it was like almost, nobody was even getting anything done. They were just watching Max Crosby <laughs> run by him. Yeah, I, I am going to drop a name. It was Anton Davis. He was our first pick uh, from Tennessee uh, before I got there. Uh, I mean, Reggie White just owned him all the time. And, you know, uh, Coach Hyde just pulled him. He's like, he's like, Reggie's not getting better. You're not getting better. You know, put somebody else in there. I, you know, Baldinger, Brian Baldinger came in. Um, you know, he was an older veteran. But at least he fought Reggie. You know, he, he wasn't scared. He didn't back down. At least he gave a better effort. And I'm not seeing that on the offensive line uh, from, from our guys. And like I said, at some point, it seems like these guys respect Max so much, it's like they don't want to go after him. So 
You, you talked about some of the struggles in the in the run game in particular. The run fits on the defensive line haven't been great. Now, they've been shorthanded. Some of the, the guys that are projected as starters were on the pup list. They're finally back practicing now. I doubt, I doubt we'll see them uh, in the game tomorrow. But what can you really tell about a defense, especially a defensive line? You're not, you're not game planning to stop the offense, right? You're not designing a defense to try to stop the offense like you would in the regular season. You're just kind of lining up and running your base stuff. But can you really tell – where defense is if they're getting pushed around like that on the interior of the line? Um, well, we've been sitting in the first two preseason games. Uh, they've been getting dominated. Obviously, you know, with getting those guys back off the uh, off the list, you know, that will help with the interior. And, you know, obviously we're going to need another pass rush guy as well. You know, we know Max can give you three downs, but we don't, you know, Chandler's got some tread on his tires. You know, he can't go full speed, three downs, you know, like that. So, I think another edge rush guy uh, adding to the mix will be key for those guys. And um, like you said, up front, man, that's what the battle is won. You know, we, we talk about the secondary and quarterbacks and receivers. But if you don't have any dogs in the trenches that can fight, you know, it's going to be a long day for you. So what, what will you be watching tomorrow when the preseason game starts? I, I'm going to be watching the defensive line. Obviously, we're, I'm sure everybody's going to be watching the offensive line uh, to see how those guys, uh, you know, fare. But special teams as well. I'm going to be really watching special teams. I know they've been working on it a lot in practice, uh, but the first couple of games, they've been giving up big chunk yards uh, in the kicking game. And, you know, these are, the, these are some of the players that need to step up because they're going to be, a, you know, act to play special teams come opening day. So, you know, special teams is really key. Uh, but, you know, as far as uh, stopping the running game, you know, that's going to be real important for these guys this weekend. Mark McMillan is with us. Grillin McMillan, former NFL player, joins us every Friday. It's Adam Hill, Cofield at Treasure Island. I wanted to ask both of you guys. I'll start with Adam. I've seen some good things tweeted and written about Amik Robertson, and, and from a body standpoint, you know, Mark can associate with him as a guy who's like 5'8 or 5'9. Mark might be a little smaller. But um, <laughs> you, you, you tell me, Adam, what, like, is, he go- is he going to be a significant player or is this just trying to find camp stories? Like, what, what is his role now in the Raiders? I don't know what his role is. Um, we'll see. I mean, I think we'll see what happens at the top of the rotation, right? Because one of the things that's happened is Trayvon Mullen was on the pup list, so he wasn't out there at all. Now, you would right. expect either he's starting or he's immediately backing up one of the guys on the outside. But we've seen a lot of Rakia Sin, who I really like, Anthony Averett, who has been good at times, uh, kind of as those starting guys. But Nate Hobbs is the best corner. Nate Hobbs right. is the best corner on the team, and he was playing slot last year. I don't know that they're going to keep him at the slot. I think he might move outside. So now you start looking and saying, okay, well, can Amik Robertson be that slot guy? Maybe. But I think they might try Averitt. Maybe even, you know, maybe even Rockus in a little bit in the slot. Like, we'll see what they do in the slot. But I don't know where exactly Amik Robertson fits in. But I, I wouldn't expect him to be starting or anything like that when the season starts. Yeah, it's going to be tough. And, you know, that, that's a good thing that they have. You know, they got some guys that can play – uh, that slot position, um, you know, obviously on the outside is real tough. Uh, you know, like you say, Nate Hobbs is pr- clearly the best defensive back on the team. Uh, you know, we really don't talk about Jonathan Abram because it's more like he's more like that, that hybrid guy that they use in, in, in the box. Um, so, uh, you know, that's another guy I've been looking forward to following and see how he fares in this new system, the way they use him closer to the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, he struggles in coverage and space. Uh, so it's going to be key for him to be able to, uh, you know, Stay close to the line of scrimmage and the way they use them in these blitz packages and man-to-man coverages as well. Mark, you've been busy, man. Mark McMillan's with us. What was the Aces game like? What was the atmosphere like? What was the crowd like? 
Oh, man, it was great, man. You know, whenever I think about, whenever I walk into the building, man, obviously it's electric. I always think about Kobe, man. For some reason, when I so, when I think about the WNBA, I think of Kobe Bryant and, uh, you know, what, what he meant for the WNBA and what he was trying to do and, and give these girls a platform. And, uh, you know, going to the game, man, these girls can hoop. And, you know, they got, they got some girls with some dog in them, uh, you know. Uh, so it's exciting sitting down there and, and supporting these young ladies, uh, seeing them play. Uh, you know, the atmosphere is great. You know, if, I, I tell somebody, if you ever went to a women's game, you know, I, I highly recommend you, you attending the game. You know, uh, Mark Davis is always there. Darren Waller is always there. If he misses practice, you can always count on them being at the Aces game as well. <laughs> uh, I didn't see you out of practice this week around UNLV football. They got a couple of practices next week, uh, Tuesday, and when, well, they have practices every day. We have access to it on Tuesday and Wednesday. So what are you feeling? Idaho State's on the way. They're about a three-touchdown favorite in that first game. Then they go to Cal. So where do you feel like UNLV football is right now, getting ready for a game here in eight days? Um, it should be a good good battle. Uh, the first game coming out of the gate, you know, these guys have been working hard. I've uh, been following what you've been doing and some of the guys in practice as well, talking to some of the players uh, through text messages and seeing where their heads is at. Um, these guys are excited, you know, for this new opportunity. This is year three for Coach. These are his guys. Uh, you know, that's running his system now. So they got a quarterback uh, controversy, if you want to call it a controversy. Um, I don't think he's named the starting quarterback yet, so yeah. that's going to be uh, pretty pretty interesting to see, uh, you know, who's going to get that opening day start. And, you know, there's there's guys right behind whoever's going to start. There's another guy that's going to be just as good as that starter. So that's a good problem to have for an offensive guy. Um, you know, playing against Idaho State, a game they should win. Um, obviously, then you go to play Cal, a pack. I don't know if you want to call that. You know, still the pack. They still the pack twelve. Um, it should be a good battle with those guys, but I think they can hang with Cal. Uh, you know, they have the athletic, athletic. You know, guys on the outside. Um, they got the big running back transfer from Louisville, so they got some really good pieces that can go down there and battle. Last one end of camp. They gave him a little treat. They had an ice cream truck right outside oh. the uh, Fertitta Football Center. Oh, man, I was, I was a little hurt when I saw you tweeted that out. I was like, man, I need that Tweety Bird Pop. I need the Bomb Pop. I need to get something in an ice cream sandwich. I was going to text Coach Aroy and be like, man, can you make sure the ice cream truck come back next week? I promise I'll be out there. What, what about those chocolate eclairs? Those are fantastic from the truck. Oh, those are like extinct now. Uh, you know, you look on social media, man, everybody is selling out of the uh, out of the Taco Choco, too. Uh, so, you know, it's it, 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 it's crazy, man. So you know, I just I just stay hydrated with my with my whoa whoa lemonade. I know you guys see me uh, tweet that out. So I got that mighty max, uh, you know, mighty mouse lemonade. That's real refreshing for you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark. Have a good weekend. We'll catch up to you soon. I'll see you out somewhere next week. All right, appreciate it, guys. Have a great show. Man Thanks, about sir. town, man about town. You can hear him on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty during the week. Uh, I know this morning he was on with. Uh, Clay and company on the morning show on the morning tailgate. He's on with Q. He's on with us. So Mark does a really good job, and he's actually uh, really good, really good spreading the word of what we do uh, on social media. So we appreciate Mark McMillan coming on with Cofield and company. Uh, We talked about the uh, Saints being an opponent coming up later in the season, regular season for the Raiders. We're going to do a Saints preview up in about 10 minutes. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. 
That was a random conversation off the air. We were just talking about vegan cheese. <laughs> not, neither one of us clearly is vegan. And for uh, folks who eat vegan cheese, I'll just say it sucks. <laughs> it sucks. Speaking of sucking, my lord, last night was quite the show. I don't really care who won the game. The Bears won it. JBT was on yesterday. He had the Bears plus the three and a half. Both teams are bad. They're bad. And you can understand it with the Seahawks because I think they have a plan. They want to be bad. The Bears, I don't know what the plan is. I know they have a fresh slate with a new GM and a coach. But what are they doing? And we still don't know about Roquan Smith, right? I know he was he was supposed to travel to Seattle. I think he was there. Did he go to the we go to the Seattle Storm game last night? Are you saying that football players in every market go to WNBA games instead of coming to the game, the football game? I'm just wondering if that's a normal thing. I don't know. Does he have a relationship with someone on the Storm? No. Like we have here with some sort of situation that still remains a mystery with the Aces. One of the other things out of the game last night was it was a Monday night football special game on a Thursday. ESPN was doing the game. Well, they invested like $35 million a year in Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, something like that, $30 million, whatever it is. A lot of money, right? They're two big, big-time announcers, former Fox team, Fox elected. You know what? Time to move on, guys. We don't want to pay that. And then we find out they, you know, they had $37 million earmarked for TB12 in the future. No Aikman and Buck on the game, which really isn't a big deal, but I did think it was weird that Orlovsky and Levy and Riddick, but especially Levy and Riddick, were doing the game in their place. Who they're replacing. <laughs> it's a little weird. I, I don't, like, I saw all this starting on social media last night. <laughs> I just said, I have been watching this entire game. Could not tell you who's on I the wouldn't, game. I wouldn't. I didn't even think of it until I, people started talking about it. And then the storyline today was, well, you know, don't they need to tune up a little bit before the Monday Night Football opener? I'm like, they've been doing games together for, what, at least 15 years. Is Troy going to get better? Does it matter if he does a preseason game? I, I think. I mean, I honestly think Troy could do a thousand games and never get better. <laughs> he stinks. I don't think he stinks. I just. I don't. I've never really seen the. Hey, this guy's awesome. Since Romo's come along, and then there's there's more and more new people coming into the analysis game. But we, you know, we've debated this a million times. Does Aikman appeal to the general audience more? Then maybe we appreciate. I would say he might, except they don't. They're not on camera. So, and what I mean by that is, when you turn on a game, if you're, you know, I think the point is, people that are going to watch football are going to watch football. I'm going to watch every game that's on. It doesn't matter who's calling it, who's broadcasting it. It doesn't matter. I'm either watching it live or watching it later, watching the the all twenty two something. I'm going to watch the game. I'm not the target. Like you're not hiring an announcer for me. I'm going to watch anyway. You're hiring an announcer to get somebody who might be on the fence about watching the game. Oh, am I going to watch it or not? And if they know it's Aikman, sure. If they're an old Cowboys fan, maybe they'd watch it, I guess. But if you turn on a game and you don't know who the people – you're you're not going to know. It's not like they show him every time they come back from break or anything right. like that. If you don't know his voice, you're, you're not going to know. I don't know. I don't know who it is out there that's tuning in because a certain announcer is doing the game. When I watch with sound on, I do appreciate Romo and I do appreciate Collinsworth. I love Collinsworth. Because they see things that I don't see and then combined with the truck, whoever's talking down you know, their ear, 
they point stuff out and they get shots of stuff that I, I don't notice on the first go-round. So yeah. there are announcers you, you can learn from, but, you know, to each his own, right? Like, not everyone likes Locomocos. I do. What a segue. I do. Thank you. They've got Locomocos here at Golden Circle, Sportsbook and Bar. At Treasure Island, they got the original. You don't know what a Locomoco is? Uh, you got Hawaiian. You got the rice, the mushroom gravy, the hamburger patty, topped with the fried egg. My God, it's good. And here they've got the Cajun Moco. Here we go. Whoa. White rice, shrimp etouffee, blackened spice burger patty, fried egg, Tabasco onions. Wow. You know what the best part of both those are? No vegan cheese. <laughs> yes. Yes, that, that was not a plug for anything that you can get your vegan fix here, but this is for the meat eaters. The Loco Mocos at Golden Circle. Well, you know, speaking of shrimp etouffee, why don't we go down to New Orleans next? I'm just going to keep doing it. Rod Walker covers the Saints. The Raiders and the Saints meet up in late October. Let's get a preview of what New Orleans is looking like this season. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. It's time for Cofield and Company's Las Vegas Raiders opponent preview. Let's break down the Raiders versus the Saints. Cofield, Adam Hill. I keep quizzing Adam on what road trips he's taken because he covers the Raiders. He's uh, number one at the paper on the Raiders. You're going to New Orleans. I mean, yes. You know my rankings. New yeah, Orleans. Where was New Orleans in your top? How many teams were there total? It was, it's 30 cities because two cities have two That's teams. Right. So New Orleans top five? It was the, yes, New Orleans was number two behind only Las Vegas as road trip destinations in the, in the NFL. Yes. And the Raiders trip this year falls on what I consider the best weekend in New Orleans. Oh, my God. It's crazy. It's That's right. Halloween weekend. That's right. People don't realize New Orleans It's gonna how, be how nuts. nuts Halloween is. Raiders fans in New Orleans for <laughs> Halloween? Rod Walker covers the Saints. He's helping us do the Saints preview. They do play on October 30th. Rod, this is a very New Orleans-friendly show. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, man. It's funny. You all were talking about the Halloween thing, and I've been telling – one of my best friends from college is a big Raiders fan, and everybody I tell about it, I mean, I don't know if the NFL could have picked two better fan bases to be in this city on that weekend. I mean, it's just going to be phenomenal. But, uh, because Halloween in New Orleans is basically like uh, New Year's in New York, I was like, yeah, I mean, it is a crazy time, so it'll be a really good time. Is that – I mean, I know New Orleans knows how to host big events, and they know when there's crowds there, and they get all that, but do they get what it's going to be have, like having Raiders fans that weekend? Yeah, I think they get it, and I think I think it's a city that's probably up for the challenge because I mean, you got two fan bases that you know they love to dress up and they love to get really wild. So it's going to be like just a really crazy weekend, and, and not just on that Sunday, but I mean, I assume Raiders fans will come in on you know as early as Friday, and and here I mean they basically celebrate Halloween. It's like a week long event, so I think um, if any Raiders fans are coming, just let them know that they should bring more than one costume and dress up every night of the weekend and just, it's going to be a really festive time. I was uh, just trying to convince my boss today that I needed to go in by Wednesday to be fully ready <laughs> for Sunday's game. Ready. So far uh, has not has not worked. We'll find out. I'll probably be flying in Saturday morning. We'll see. Uh, but when we talk about the Saints, 
look, I don't know that there's more of a believer in the Saints than me, mostly because I've always been a Jameis Winston guy. I can't wait to see what this team looks like. But my biggest question about the Saints this year is only two words, Dennis Allen. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that Raiders fans are obviously familiar with. But I think, um, you know, just kind of talking to him, I think that's a uh, point in his career that he's sort of kind of put behind him and he's probably learned a lot just being under Sean Payton. And, you know, fortunately for him, I think he's inheriting a good situation. I mean, a lot of times you get a new coach and they're coming in and trying to rebuild and having a team with not a lot of talent. That's not the case for this team. I mean, this is a team that went 9-8 and eight last year with a lot of injuries and They've definitely added some pieces that, you know, should make them, you know, on paper, I think this is one of the more talented Saints teams that, that have been around here. And we saw Jameis was playing well last year before he got hurt. Uh, if he is able to play a full year, how much belief is there in his ability to be a true, legit number one quarterback for this team? Uh, when you talk to the, you know, the teammates, I mean, they really believe in him. And, you know, he, he was off to a really good start last year, 14 touchdowns and three interceptions. Uh, um, but I know, and you go back and go back to March. You know, this was a Saints team that was, you know, they were in the um, Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. I mean, they were really trying to go after him. So I mean, you have that side of it. But I think for the most part, these guys believe in Jameis and they like what he can do. And, and this is a team that I think the Saints defense. I mean, you saw it last year; they were one of the better defenses in the league. I don't think Jameis has to come in here and be, um, you know, um, Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or anybody. I mean, I just think he needs to. You know, if, he, if he's solid, I think the defense is good enough that this team could, can um, can be successful without him being a superstar. I mean, I think he has to be like a really good quarterback, and that'll be, that should be sufficient, I think. This is Rod Walker, columnist at the Times-Picayune in New Orleans, getting us ready uh, with our Raiders opponents' previews. Of course, the Raiders visit New Orleans on Halloween weekend. Uh, very much looking forward to that. Uh, a lot of great talk about Michael Thomas right now coming out of camp have you seen that is this is this something we should believe in the resurgence of michael thomas yeah he's been really really impressive in, in training camp so far um you know, i mean he's battled his ankle injury for two seasons basically and he looks just like he did before the ankle injury right now and uh he's a guy that i mean he's always sort of played with his chip on his shoulder in a way and, and you can see that he sort of feels like he has something to come back and prove and just watching him in practice i mean he looks again he looks like his, his old self and i think you know, you, you think about him, and this is a team that their one, two, and three receivers last year are now their four, five, and six receivers because you got Michael Thomas returning. They brought in Jarvis Landry. They drafted Chris Olave from Ohio State. So, I mean, those are the top three receivers on this team now. So, it just automatically gets a lot better with those three guys. And um, so, I mean, they've given Jameis Winston more weapons than he had last year. If Sean Payton had come back, would Thomas have been welcomed back with open arms? I mean, there were there were clearly some issues between the guys. I think so, but I mean, I mean, it's hard to say. But I mean, I think so. I don't. I mean, yeah, I, I don't really know. Michael's never actually come out publicly and said anything. Um, but you can definitely tell just from the two times we've talked to him in training camp that he's definitely in a good place and he wants to be here. And and again, I mean, he just looks like he like he looked before the injury. So we talk about Vegas visiting New Orleans. There was an issue with one of the Saints visiting Vegas in the offseason and Alvin Kamara. Are we confident at this point that this is going to be pushed off down the road enough that he's not going to miss games this year? I don't think so. I mean, it's, the trial was, you know, it's been 
delayed twice, I guess, the quiz court appearances, and the next one is not until September the 29th, I think is the date of it, and uh, it just looks like this thing is going to keep getting pushed down, and maybe even, you know, I think a lot of people here just think it's something that may not even happen until next season, so um, if that's the case, I mean, the team has a chance to be really good, because, I mean, obviously, Alvin's a guy that he makes his offense go. I mean, without him, I mean, I think some of the expectations probably go down a little bit because he's just such a valuable part of, of the offense. But um, even without him, I think they have a lot of good pieces on, on their offense. Of course, we talked a lot about the offense, and that's, um, you know, there's some good pieces there for sure. But is, this is a team that's kind of, you know, rebuilt its identity on defense. The defense has been very good. Is there any reason to think that could fall off at all this year? No, I think that's what this team is going to be. I don't think um, – I mean, you know, when you had when Sean Payton and Drew Brees were here, obviously um, this offense was able to take some chances and do some things. And I think this year, I think they'll be. Um, I mean, I think they'll still. I mean, Jameis has a such a strong arm. I mean, they're going to take their shots down the field. But I think this team can probably be a little bit more conservative, just because I think the defense is good enough to, to carry this team. I don't think this is a team that has to go out and score twenty-eight points like they did. Um, a lot of those years in the Drew Brees era when the, when the defense wasn't very good and they had to outscore opponents. This time, I don't think they have to outscore opponents. I think they just have to, you know, put a few points on the board, play a field position game, and, and you know, and, and come out with the win. So um, I do think that it will be a little different than it's been in the past. I think the identity of this team has definitely changed. They've also showed that they're not scared at all of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which should be their only real competition in the division. And now there's some weirdness with Tom Brady, of course, as we don't really know where he is or what's going on with him down there. Is is the Saints organization kind of keeping an eye on Tampa and saying, hey, this this door is open for us right now? Uh, well, I, I think if you look at what they've done since Brady arrived in Tampa, I mean, the Saints have not lost to them in the regular season since Brady got there. I mean, they had lost in the playoffs that year. But outside of that, I mean, they pretty much dominated the the Bucks, I mean, they shut them out last year 9-0, so I don't think that's really a, a big concern, but I do think this is a team that feels like they are. A lot of people aren't really talking about the Saints as a legitimate contender, but I think this is a team just based on talking to these guys at training camp. I mean, they feel like they are. They have all the pieces. I mean, think about them, them bringing in Tyron Matthews and uh, Marcus May, both of those guys are safety. I think the defense could be even better than it was last year, which is kind of scary almost. But um, so I think this team has, has confidence, and um, it's a team that, yeah, I mean, you look at what they've done the past uh, two years, they're, they're not afraid of Tampa Bay, and I mean, because of what they've done on the field against them. So, Rod, before we get you out here, the most important thing in the convo, uh, my buddy Adam Hill here will be going down to New Orleans. What is your go-to restaurant outside of the quarter? Outside of the quarter, man. Um, <laughs> I'd probably say heard that kitchen is like a spot. It's a hole in the wall, but I really like it, and uh um, yeah, that's probably my go-to spot, and um, you know, I kind of recommend people to go there. Uh, it's not—it's sort of a hidden gem. I mean, if you ask a lot of people about it, they probably never even heard of it. But um, yeah, it's definitely my favorite. Just have a lot of um, good items on the menu. Yeah, I was going to recommend Neos. Yeah, Neos is good. Can't go wrong with with them as well. You may have yep. to stand in line for a long time, but um, yes. yeah, it's a good spot as well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rod, we appreciate the time. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you. All right, thanks, man. All right. Rod Walker, writer, New Orleans time. Picky Yoon, we come back, 4 o'clock hour. We'll uh, more food talk. It's a no-conflict Friday, so we talk about food a lot. We're here at 
Trevor Ryland inside the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar.